we have the most bizarre setup. Uh, somehow it works, though. That is Kevin Law, the former Long Island Association president turned Tritech real estate vice president and maybe future chairman of Empire State Development, discussing the unique multi-headed beast that is the Long Island power grid. One of many challenges he faced as president and CEO of the Long Island Power Authority, just one stop on Kevin's amazing journey through the island's corridors of power, and one topic we cover today on Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast. I am the law. Well, no, he is. Stand by. This is Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast, featuring up-close conversations with the inventors, investors, executives, and entrepreneurs fueling the dynamic Long Island innovation economy. Spark is a production of Innovate Long Island, the home of exceptional thought in Nassau and Suffolk and beyond. Today's episode is made possible by the generous support of Stony Brook-based Thermolift, where brilliant technology and singular focus are creating the future of clean energy. Long Island's innovation economy has many leaders, but none is driven or accomplished as Kevin Sherwood Law. Innovate Long Island readers know Kevin best for his decade as president and chief executive of the Long Island Association Business Organization, and his co-chairmanship of the Long Island Regional Economic Development Council, alongside longtime Hofstra University president Stuart Rabinowitz. In these roles, the natural-born networker has helped secure more than $5 billion in government funding and private investments for regional infrastructure improvements, the lifeblood sustaining the regional economy over the last 10 years. For now, Kevin's doing the private sector thing. In April 2021, he left the LIA and joined East Setauket-based Tritech Real Estate as a partner and executive vice president lending his decades of expertise to Tritech's progressive development efforts. Of course, he continues to serve the greater good. Kevin is still chairman of the Stony Brook Council and the not-for-profit Long Island Housing Partnership, and just last month stepped down as Suffolk County representative on the board of the Metropolitan Transportation Authority. He had good reason to step down. Albany is beckoning again. The former Long Island Power Authority CEO, and one-time Suffolk County Deputy Executive, is in line to become the next chairman of Empire State Development, the state's main economic development engine. We're recording this conversation on Wednesday, February 9th, and Kevin's nomination by Governor Kathy Hochul is still awaiting state legislature confirmation. But as long as they overlook that thing in Cancun in 81, Kevin, I think you got a good shot, so um, I wouldn't worry about it. I'm joking, of course, few Long Island leaders are as admired and accomplished as Kevin Law, and we are truly honored to have him on the show. Welcome to Spark, Kevin. Thanks for being here. Hey, uh, thanks, Greg. And I'll come right out and say I've never been to Cancun. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's his story, and he's sticking to it. That was, that's it. Uh, that's it. Listen, I, you know, you go over a resume like yours, and it's it's really difficult figuring out where to start a conversation like this, Kevin. Uh, you've done so much on Long Island, and you're doing so much now, and it appears you've got so much more to do. Uh, you're a really busy guy. Yeah, well, I've, I've really been blessed. Um, I've had uh, a lot of great jobs and uh, a lot of great positions. 
Um, but pretty much my entire life has been spent uh, trying to make this region uh, that I love uh, a little bit better. And uh, so uh, it's been a, a thrill. And as you said, um, not done yet. And uh, a lot of challenges before me and some new opportunities in both the private sector and the public sector. So uh, excited uh, to be playing a small part of some progress here in our region. Well, before we get to those new opportunities, let's let's talk about some of your past uh, achievements. Uh, in fact, let's start off by talking about law, Mr. Law. Uh, some listeners uh, might not know that before all that government work, uh, you were the managing partner of global law firm Nixon Peabody's Long Island office uh, in Garden City. Yes. Well, um, I joined uh, Nixon um, uh, as an associate in their environmental and energy practice group and uh, developed a very neat practice uh, where I ultimately became a partner and then became the managing partner of a Long, the Long Island office. Uh, I uh, represented um, uh, the largest property owners on the uh, east end of Long Island and did a lot of environmental uh, preservation work uh, with that owner and uh, also worked with a lot of energy companies including uh, Duke Energy, uh, TransCanada, uh, Pennsylvania Power and Light, and a little bit with Keyspan at the time, all working on some uh, exciting projects in our region, some which happened, some which didn't happen, and uh, including uh, uh, the Cross Sound Cable that connects uh, Long Island into uh, Connecticut and taps in some uh, uh, renewable energy. Uh, up in uh, the Massachusetts area that comes into our region. Uh, so uh, a really neat, fun practice that I had, uh, but all about, again, environmental and real estate uh, projects in our region. Uh, with a name like Kevin Law, I mean, I guess your professional path was kind of laid out for you. I mean, I guess you can be sheriff, maybe, uh, but it seems like attorney would be the way to go. It was either that, it was either that or become a cop. And, you could be a cop, uh, right? Do you I, come yeah. from a long line of attorneys or sheriffs? Well, um, come from a big family. Um, uh, my parents never made it to college. You know, grew up in the Depression. Mm -hmm. uh, but somehow they were able to raise uh, eight kids here in Suffolk County. And uh, all of us uh, went through colleges, all the public colleges. Well, that's amazing. Uh, um, and uh, somehow, uh, you know, we all became homeowners and productive, uh, you know, citizens um, in the region. Uh, unfortunately, like a lot of uh, families, you know, half of my family has moved off the island now for mm -hmm. other mm -hmm. pastures. Well, for the record, you earned your bachelor's degree at Stony Brook uh, and a master's degree from the Graduate School of Urban Affairs and Planning at Hunter College. I'll get back to that in a second. Um, you also earned your JD at St. John's University School of Law. Uh, so was that always the plan uh, to go get a law degree or is that more of like a game time decision? Yeah, it was. Uh, no, never the plan. Um, it was something that um, once I finished graduate school, I realized that, you know what, um, it's going to be tough to make a living uh, being a planner. And uh, I did like the legal aspects of uh, real estate and planning, so decided to um, uh, go to law school, but it was actually interesting when I was uh, when I was getting my master's. That's when I did a graduate internship with the New York State Assembly, hmm. and uh, that led to um, 
really uh, a lot of my career. My co-intern at the time was uh, Rich Schaefer, uh, the Babylon Town Supervisor today. And the assemblyman we worked for was Pat Halpin, who became a Suffolk County executive. And rather than uh, go to law school, uh, rather than go to a law firm right after law school, Mm. uh, when Pat uh, became the Suffolk County executive, uh, I went and joined him and uh, ultimately became the director of real estate and was involved in preserving farmlands, open space, and pine barrens uh, throughout Suffolk County. Uh, so, uh, and also oversaw our affordable housing programs at the county. So that's where I really cut my teeth. I'll circle back to those earliest days in government in a minute, but let me ask you about uh, studying urban affairs and planning. Uh, that, this makes sense considering what we know now to be your career trajectory. Uh, what did that program at Hunter College instill in you that maybe you still use today? Well, um, again, it, it really uh, instilled a lot. First, I wanted to go to NYU and get a master's in public administration, but uh, we couldn't afford it. And so I, uh, we went to, uh, I got into CUNY Hunter College. They have a terrific planning program. And um, it was, um, you know, really taught me all about land use and zoning and housing and uh, economic development. Um, so it was, and it also got me familiar with New York City. And so I was pretty much a Long Island boy. And uh, I, I remember, this is funny, Trump Tower was just, you know, getting finished while I was getting my master's. New York City was mm. really in a you know, terrible shape. And it was, you know, uh, this was in the mid 80s. And it was at that time, the city was just beginning to start turning around. Uh, but it was an interesting place back then. But it really broadened my horizons beyond uh, Long Island, and made us made me feel that we were much more connected to the city uh, than folks realize. So government work, economic development, uh, this was always your destiny, it seems. Um, let's talk about those earliest days in Suffolk County government. You had the internships. Uh, you were an assistant county executive for planning and housing in Suffolk. That's way back. Um, then you were the director of real estate for the Suffolk County Department of Law. Um, who were some of your early government influencers? Uh, who were the insiders that sort of showed you the ropes? You know, well, um, unfortunately, two of them have passed away, uh, and one just recently. Uh, but uh, John Klein, uh, former Suffolk County exec, uh, played a big role. Um, he um, uh, taught me what it was like to be in government and then go to have, how to practice law, how to build relationships. And so he was a big influencer. And then um, Jim LaRocca, uh, and how funny is this, who used to run the Long Island Association. Jim was part of the transition team uh, that uh, Pat Halpin put together, and I was the staff person to Jim, and we became good friends, and then he became a mentor over the years. And who would have thunk it that at the time he was running the LIA, uh, mm-hmm. I, I eventually would go you know, run the LIA. And, uh, you know, Jim continues to be a friend and a mentor today, but unfortunately he, he might've thought yeah, he, maybe he did. Yeah. Who knows? He's a smart guy. He might've thought he was grooming a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, later you were, uh, you were deputy Suffolk County executive, uh, and then president and CEO of LIPA, of course, the Long Island power authority, uh, 
And that was quite a run. Uh, among other things, you launched multiple energy efficiency programs. Uh, you helped set up the state's largest solar energy project to date. Uh, you lowered consumer rates. Uh, and you even helped LIPA in increase its bond rating, uh, which uh, insiders will tell you is a rare feat. Uh, what's your secret, Kevin? Well, you know, it, um, it was a privilege and an honor to run LIPA. Um, but I was there during tumultuous times. Um, you know, uh, 2008, 2009, 2010. Uh, you know, people forget 2008 Lehman Brothers crashed. The, you know, the stock market tanked and the economy was really heading in the negative direction. Um, the cost of fuel, $148 for a barrel of oil. You know, mm -hmm. last year it was in the 30s or 40s. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, mm -hmm. Now it's uh, back to around 70, but $148. So you had uh, the, uh, you had, Tumultuous times on Wall Street, you had tumultuous times in the Middle East impacting the cost of uh, energy. You had tumultuous times in Albany. That's when Governor Spitzer cratered and uh, resigned, and then there was a change in governors. And we also began uh, really uh, what I believe was uh, tumultuous times in our climate because we started having these mm -hmm. frequent 100-year storms <clears throat> on a regular basis. So it was, uh, it was never dull. And um, it was quite challenging, uh, but we did and we were able to accomplish a lot, especially when it comes to uh, renewable en energy, because I've always said that Long Island's energy challenges are economic development opportunities. And mm -hmm. I think I've uh, proven that right. We have tremendous solar energy companies on the island, and now we're going to become the offshore wind capital of the entire country. Uh, so it was fun to sort of lay the foundation for that. While you were at LIPA, you were a member of the Large Public Power Council. That's a national organization of large municipal power companies. Uh, I would imagine this gave you some unique insights. You were already familiar with Long Island's power needs, uh, but now you're learning about needs specific to other states and regions. Yeah, it really was, Greg, um, uh, because there's all different types of public power entities. Uh, LIPA is certainly unique. And different than all of them, but there were some a lot of uh, large ones um, uh, in uh, South Carolina, Sandy Cooper, you know, Sacramento, uh, Power and Light in uh, California, uh, a lot in the Midwest. And it was you know we got together two or three times a year, and it was interesting to exchange war stories and see what they were doing and how they were handling challenges. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely a, a good organization. Uh, one of the things I miss about uh, being at LIPA was being a part of that organization. Does that knowledge that they shared tell you anything you didn't know about Long Island? Uh, was there anything you can glean from their experiences that you said, hey, we could apply that here, or wow, uh, I'm glad we'll never have to face that scenario? No, what it did, it confirmed to me how screwed up the Long Island energy utility structure is on Long Island. It's There's no compared comparison to any other utility in the country we have the most bizarre setup uh somehow it works though but it is a very strange and most people do not have an idea you know lipa owns the system they own all the poles and the wires national grid owns most of the generation facilities pseg operates the system 
and then National Grid is the uh, gas company. Yeah, at one point, at one point in time, Loco. Was, Too many cooks pops into yeah, your head. <laughs> exactly, and so there's no public power utility in the country that has a system like that. Well, with all that going on, what about Long Island's future in wind power? Now, you you know you have this multi-headed beast as you describe it, and yet here we are, about to become the epicenter, possibly, of an entirely new, lucrative, and critical energy industry. Uh, there's so much going on. Uh, with new department, uh, federal Department of Energy leases out in the ocean and uh, a support infrastructure slowly forming across the island. Um, you know, how do you see Long Island's role in this developing industry? Well, um, it has the potential to be very exciting. Uh, what we need to make sure it doesn't happen is that we just don't see these uh, wind farms built off our coast because Long Island's you know, in New York State, the only place you're going to build offshore wind is off the coast of Long Island. You're not doing it in the Long Island Sound. You're not doing it in the Hudson River, and you're not doing it up in the Great Lakes. So we may we need to make sure that Long Island benefits from all these projects off of our coast. And uh, in terms of the jobs, in terms of the job training, and in terms of the community benefits. And so far, uh, especially when it comes to a company like Orsted, uh, and Eversource building the South Fork Wind Farm. You know, they've been stepping up and doing the right things and uh, investing in our region, investing in our community, and investing in our people. And so that needs to continue to happen. Uh, but the biggest, uh, so we, we need to invest in workforce training to uh, train people for these jobs. But the other big challenge there is how are you going to transmit all of the energy that's created to the rest of the state where all of the energy is needed? Mm -hmm. um, so These technologies uh, are coming along, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I, they are. Um, so transmission is key. And then uh, energy storage in terms of battery storage is going to play a key because, you know, sometimes the wind is blowing when you don't need all the energy. And sometimes the wind ain't blowing when you do need the energy. So, you know, so storage is important. Yeah, so storage is going to be important. And I think that's going to be uh, the holy grail of the renewable energy industry in the future. We have some uh, battery geniuses here on Long Island, as I'm sure you know, uh, at Brookhaven we National Lab and, and Stony Brook University. There are a lot of projects that are working on uh, building a better battery. Uh, we have uh, Esther Tagiuchi, uh, professor at Stony Brook, and I've worked with her on other matters at Stony Brook. Uh, she is. Um, uh, in, in, uh, a league, uh, in a, a league of uh, her own. She is really one of the top-notch peoples, and we're lucky to have her right here in our backyard. Uh, a quick transportation interlude. Uh, is the MTA in good shape, Kevin? Are they, are they keeping Long Islanders in mind? The MTA, thank God, right now is in way better shape than we were a year ago. Uh, listen, if it wasn't for Chuck Schumer securing all of the federal dollars to the MTA, um, the MTA would be on the verge of bankruptcy right now uh, because of uh, COVID. Uh, lost 95% of its riders, and as of today, only 50% of them are back. Hmm. And um, so uh, it's uh, really the federal dollars have helped save uh, the MTA. But it's in really good hands now. Jan Lieber is a professional uh Terrific uh, new CEO and chairman. They got a great team of professionals there. Uh, the men and women who work on the trains, the subways, and the buses, uh, you know, they're uh, local heroes, and they do a great job. So 
the, the big question mark out there now is what is this post or still in COVID remote workforce mean mm-hmm. for mass transit? Mm-hmm. And are people going to want to go back into the office five days a week or not? And if they're only going in a couple of days a week, what is that going to mean for the MTA's future in terms of revenues from riders? Uh, so still a big unknown there. Um, and we're trying to figure that out. It's a difficult question to answer, of course. Um, another uh, area, sector that gets a lot of federal funding, uh, housing. Let's talk about housing for a minute. Um, it's a critical economic barometer, arguably the most important economic barometer is housing. Um, TriTech is involved in many regional residential developments, many of which are mixed-use developments, such as uh, Station Square in Ronkonkoma. It's creating something like uh, 1,400 homes and 600,000 square feet of retail and office and hospitality space. It's a big project. Uh, I know you like those those mixed-use developments, Kevin. Yeah, they do. Firstly, you know, I'm very fortunate to join a company called TriTech here in East Setauket. You know, I was very fortunate when I left the uh, LIA. I had a lot of different job offers, and I chose uh, TriTech because of their, uh, you know, the family that uh, has founded uh, TriTech, Bob and Jim Coughlin, uh, the culture here, and their commitment to revitalizing downtowns while creating some affordable housing. So they were doing everything that I was interested in doing, and uh, they, they make a really nice product, and uh, I'm helping them pursue new projects uh, in communities uh, throughout Suffolk and Nassau, and so excited about that. I mean, you know, the type of housing, we, we do really nice luxury rental housing, and there's a, an affordable housing component to them, their market rate. Um, but there is a need for other types of affordable housing that does require the assistance of the federal and state government. Uh, to reduce those costs. And uh, we're involved in some of those projects with my Long Island Housing Partnership hat on. I've been the chair of that uh, LIHP for the last uh, 13 years or so. That's a nonprofit developer of uh, affordable housing projects. Yes. And we also do mortgage counseling and, uh, you know, tenant counseling and uh, foreclosure prevention counseling. So a full scale housing organization, but it does great work. And uh, we try to piggyback um, and layer federal state programs to help reduce the cost of the projects that the housing partnership works on. Um, and then there are some other good organizations out here that do similar, uh, you know, uh, 100% affordable housing projects, uh, mm-hmm. but they all require the assistance of uh, either federal housing tax credits or state subsidies. <clears throat> and uh, But they're doing really nice projects, whether it's uh, um, the Community Development Corporation of Long Island, uh, Georgia Greens, and a great guy named Dave Gallo. He's doing nice projects on the east end of Long Island. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of different players in the field, but uh, the demand continues to increase, especially with the average cost of homes going mm-hmm. out of sight for mm-hmm. most people you know, in Nassau and Suffolk County. The demand for workforce housing, quality rentals for young families, affordable housing, th- those are not always the same thing, but there is demand for each. Is it getting better on Long Island? or well, you know, the, uh, A lot of talk the, the, about it. There's always a lot of talk about affordable housing well, the supply, and rentals. And the supply still um, is not <clears throat> adequate to meet the demand, and that's why – uh, and, and, you know, that's going to take a number of years to address. So uh, we're making progress, but we got a long ways to go. Uh, shifting gears again, do you miss the LIA? 
Uh, of course, you're still involved, and I'm sure you'd agree that your successor, Matt Cohen, is doing a fantastic job as LIA president. Uh, but do you miss running the show over there? It had to be fun you know, sharing um, the stage I, with Derek Jeter and holding court at Crest yeah, Island. I had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, in the 96 years of the LIA's history, um, the average term of a president was three years. Hmm. And so the fact I did more than 10 um, – uh, you know, it's sometimes it's nice to pass the baton. Uh, I had a lot of fun, a lot of friends, a lot of good relationships. And yes, it was a lot of uh, fun. But you also need to know when it's time to leave and uh, give the t uh, baton to somebody else and let them try to take the organization in a new direction. And Matt Cohen um, uh, is doing a great job. He will be an amazing leader of the LIA. Uh, he was by my side as uh, my right-hand uh, man for 15 years at the County of Suffolk, at the Long Island Power Authority, and then at the LIA. So when he doesn't need any on-the-job training, and mm -hmm. he is, has set the ground running and uh, is doing a great job. So looking ahead just a little bit, uh, I know we don't want to count chickens or tempt fate or any of that, um, but Empire State Development, uh, first of all, uh, an honor just to be nominated, I would think. Yeah, I'm very honored. Uh, Governor Hochul, I got to know quite well when I co-chaired the Long Island Regional Economic Development Council. Uh, Governor Hochul was the leader. Then she was lieutenant governor. She was the leader of all the 10 different REDCs throughout mm -hmm. the state. So I've gotten to work uh, with her for the last seven years. And she's uh, terrific. She's smart. She's nice. Uh, and she gets Long Island. And so uh, when she asked me to do this, um, uh, I of course said yes. You know, I've uh, I've always believed if a governor or a county executive asks you to serve, if you could figure out a way to do it, you should do that. It's a commitment I have, and the last four governors have appointed me uh, to various boards, and the last seven county executives in Nassau and Suffolk, I've assisted in some way, and so I enjoy that. And uh, so uh, Governor Hopel asked me to run or chair the ESD. I agreed to do so. Uh, waiting for my Senate confirmation, uh, mm -hmm. which should be happening this month, and uh, look forward to working uh, with a, with a whole statewide focus now of trying to help businesses uh, grow our economy uh, and try to you know uh, improve the economic conditions, especially downstate. New York City needs a lot of help right now uh, because of COVID. And, of course, I'm always going to be near and dear to Long Island uh, because that's my first love. Uh, so um, looking forward to the new role uh, at Empire State and to continue helping businesses, especially small businesses and those still hurting and trying to recover from the impacts they sustained from COVID. Kevin Law, I got to say, you are a brilliant and cordial man. And uh, Albany will be lucky to have you back, just like Long Island has been lucky to have you. And uh, we were super lucky to have you as a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today, sir. Hey, it was my pleasure, Greg. Uh, um, always a pleasure, and I uh, uh, hope your listeners enjoy it. Now, before you go, it's time to get uh, psychoanalytical, Kevin. Uh, time to play the Spark podcast game, and, and you, sir, get to choose from my two little cards here, marked Word Association and which is your favorite and why. Uh, what are we going to play, Mr. Law? Um... Which is your favorite and why? Which is your favorite and why? All right, here we go. It's which is your favorite and why with Kevin Law. Uh, here's an easy one to start. What is your favorite current television show? Huh. 
Um, I don't expect you, know, you I, watch I, a lot of television. But... I do not watch a lot of television. Um, but um, if, if there was a, like a regular show, you know, mm-hmm. that you know, uh, I enjoy, you know, it's a, uh, all the Law and Orders. I've always enjoyed them. Old school Law and Order. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, your favorite Long Island Association special guest. And uh, the Long Island Association, of course, has welcomed former United States presidents and vice presidents as speakers. Kevin has famously conducted one-on-one interviews with sports and government celebrities. Uh, do you have a favorite all-time special guest? Uh, well, I'm going to um, uh, answer this a couple of ways. The most interesting, the smartest guy I've ever interviewed was Ben Bernanke, who headed up the Fed. Uh, the coolest guy I ever interviewed was Derek Jeter. Um, the nicest guy I ever interviewed, uh, was Mitt Romney and Mar- Mariano Rivera, uh, two of the nicest gentlemen ever. Uh, so, uh, I've, uh, had, and the most fun guys I've ever interviewed was Peyton and Eli Manning. Well, they, they were together, right? Yes. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun. And, and of course, uh, I've they're, heard, they're, they're a hoot. Yeah. And I really loved Colin Powell. A real uh, super nice guy had you know uh, what an amazing career. Um, uh, he was neat, and you know what, um, uh, Dick Cheney. When I interviewed him, and when he talked about being in the White House on nine eleven, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a uh, really you know mesmerizing and compelling that you couldn't hear a pin drop in the room. So uh, I've been fortunate to interview so many uh, uh, neat. Republican and Democratic uh, leaders of our country, and some great sports figures. So, um, uh, I'll miss that. I'll miss that part of the job. How about your favorite Long Island networking organization that's not the LIA? Hmm. Networking organization. Um. I would say um, I've always been a big fan of Terry Alessi Maselli at the Hop Hog Industrial Association. So I'll pick them. Okay. They do an excellent job, of course. Um, your favorite lunch spot in and around East Setauket? Hmm. Um, th- there aren't a whole lot. There's uh, one. So, you better say it. Um, but there's one in Stony Brook. It's a new Vietnamese. Oh, uh, that's not the one uh, I was thinking restaurant. of, but I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. I was going to say the Seaport Deli there in Seaport. Yeah, well, um, so I, you know, I, I like the new Vietnamese uh, restaurant, uh, So Far, I believe it's called. I've uh, been there a couple of times. And uh, I'm a diner guy, so I do a lot of my meetings still at the Lake Grove Diner or over at Crazy Bean, or Crazy Bean in Stony Brook. Crazy Beans makes a good cup of joe. Um, yes. your, your favorite Long Island location for a business lunch? Like if you're telling your impressive client, you don't want to go to Crazy Beans. Yeah, it, you know, uh, it was always Blackstone because it was right across the street from the LIA. Yes. Uh, but uh, I, since I've gotten here, and uh, historically, uh, Sempre Vivolo and Hop Hog has uh, always my uh, go-to place. I'll be there tonight for a dinner meeting. Uh, so, uh, you know, some of the best staff of any restaurant on Long Island at Sempre Vivolo. Do you have a favorite restaurant in Albany? Uh, Jack's. Jack's, you know, I don't know any restaurants in Albany, Kevin. So you, you uh, Jack's is uh, where the LIA. Right Jack's is uh, where the LIA always historically had its functions uh, before the state of the state address. It's about 150 years old. Great seafood, uh, right in the heart of town. 
Awesome. Uh, and finally, excluding the current and previous administrations, so no Hochul, no Andrew Cuomo, your favorite New York governor? David Patterson. Oh, why is that? The funniest, nicest guy. Um, just love him. Oh, there you have it, folks. Uh, straight from the mind of one of the great Long Island economic developers. Kevin Law, thank you again for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks, Greg. He, hey, my, my pleasure, sir. Uh, he is partner and executive vice president at TriTech Real Estate, among other things. I am the editor over at InnovateLI.com. And this is Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast. Thanks, as always, to Innovate LI President Marlene McDonald, outstanding season two sponsor, Thermalift, where they are laying down the law, sorry, Kevin, with the revolutionary TC3 heating and cooling unit, intrepid man in the chair, Arthur Germain, and all the geniuses over at Brand Telling in Huntington. And of course, thank you, dear listener, for your time, your ears, and your mental space. Back next time with another engaging conversation. Be well and keep on innovating. You've been listening to Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast with host Gregory Zeller. To recommend a guest, please contact us at editor at innovateli.com. And to learn how you can become a frontline leader in carbon reduction, please visit our sponsor, Thermolift, at thermoliftenergy.com, where the future of clean energy is happening right now.